Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts, Sardana Osman, here with my friend and Chavruta Ann Gordon. Our daf today, Masachat Rosh Hashanah, daf K, page five. The Gemara is still in the midst of its very lengthy discussion about the issue of Baal Tacher, which is basically that if you have an item that is consecrated to be brought up to the Beit Amin, meaning you took too long to bring it up. And as we saw in the Brisa yesterday, there's a ton of opinions. Is that three regalim? Is it three regalim in a particular order? Rabbi Meir, who says it's only one regal. The Gemara, though, asks a very interesting question on the Brisa. One of the items that's mentioned in the Brisa is the Korban Pesach. Upesach bar mikra b'regalim ku. Right? So it says, wait, you cannot bring a Korban Pesach on any other uh, holiday. Right? In other words, we know that the Korban Pesach is basically set. Pesach's mina kebiele, i akrive akrive, the ilo akrive, Right? There's a set time for the Korban Pesach, which we know is the 14th of Nisan. Either you sacrificed it and you brought it, and if you didn't sacrifice it, then you're excluded. You you, you can't bring it. You can't take that animal and then say like, oh, I'm going to bring it in a, in six weeks, and now it's a Korban Pesach. So what does Rav Chisa say? And I think this is a pretty radical answer. I'm a Rav Chisa, Pesach Kedei Nasve. The Pesach that is cited here is basically here Kedei for no reason. So in other words, as often as the Gemara tries to pay very close attention to the words of a Mishnah, sometimes even a Brisa, here Rav Chisa's answer is, yeah, it kind of like got in there, but it really shouldn't have been in there, which I think is very different than often the point that the Gemara makes, which is that the language of Tanaitic literature is actually very deliberate. And here Rav Chisa is saying, no, it's Kedai. Rav Shesha says something different. Rav Shesha says, my Pesach, Shlamei Pesach. Rav Shesha says, no, it's the Shlame Pesach. What is that? What that would be is, is that let's say you had a Korban Pesach that you designated. It gets lost. So then you designate another Korban Pesach. And then the first Korban Pesach is found. What do you do with the first Korban Pesach? You now, it becomes a Pesach Shlamim. You just bring it as a Shlamim. So let's say, you know, so maybe that needs to be, you know, what's the time frame uh, for bringing that? I hachi hainu Shlamim. Right. So the Gemara basically says, you know, this is this should just be included in the Shlomim that was mentioned earlier in the Brisa. Why do you need to say a Pesach if what you mean by it is a Pesach Shlomim? So now the Gemara explains Tana, right? The Brisa teaches this Shlomim, this Halacha about Shlomim, because the Shlomim Habayim Machma Pesach, because it's teaching us something about the Shlomim that were brought uh, in in place of the Korban Pesach. Utana Shlomim Habayim Machma Natsman. And it also teaches Allah about uh, just a regular shlumen that's brought independently. Because you might think that a shlumen that's brought in place of a korban pesach, it's like a korban pesach. And what? You would basically be over on Baal Tacher. You would have violated Baal Tacher as soon as one regal passes. And basically, Kamach Malan, this price is coming to teach us no. It basically is treated like other korbanos. And you get that full amount of time, depending on which Tana you hold by. But it's really the answer of Rochista that I'm totally struck by, because it really seems to be very radical. It's basically saying, yeah, it really shouldn't have been in this price up. So I think that the Tanaitic literature comment here is very interesting. But I think I'm even more struck by, and I'm not really sure where I'm getting this from, but I, I'd like to go somehow do a comparison, not today, between Baal Tacher and Baal Tashchit. 
right? Like, which is because they're not the same thing, but they seem to have some overlap. Baal Tashkit meaning, I don't know what, being wasteful or destroying something that would have had a value. And Baal Tachir is because you didn't use it in the timely way. I mean, in accord with the time frame that it's supposed to be used, you have now officially wasted it, right? So I, I, I don't know yet what I'm getting at here, but one day I'm going to pursue this. Yeah, I, I, I don't have a good answer. So I wait for you to have the opportunity <laughs> to pursue this. Thank you for that. Okay, I'm going to jump to Amabet. And on the Amabet, we're talking about really different things. It's still springboarding off of the Korban Pesach. And of course, we should note that here we have the Korban Pesach again, meaning we're in Masach at Rosh Hashanah, and we're talking ostensibly, we're going to be talking about Rosh Hashanah, but instead here we are going back to the Korban Pesach. The Gemara, though, moves on from that, meaning in that context and, and leaves it aside to for a sidebar, namely Minahani Mili. Where did the, the Gemara what's being talked about in the context of the Karban Pesach? And it goes on to say, the Tanarabanan, Hitidur Neder. This is a citation from a verse, right? Um the verse is in Devarim Kafkiamul twenty three. Hitidur Neder, when a person comes to make a vow, Ainli Elen Neder. So then you only have the vocabulary that teaches Neder, meaning the only case there is that of this of this vow. Nedavaminayan. The Gemara says, well, where do I know? How do I know the application of when we've got a gift? Nedava is, in this case, in the Karbanot, in the sacrifices, it's a gift offering, meaning somebody comes of his or her own volition and makes a, offers God a present, right? That's the Nedava. The Neder would be, I suppose, if somebody planned to do so, said so in, you know, articulated it as vocabulary to say that I'm not saying this, that somebody wants to or intends to or is going to make a korban of whatever value. And then that counts as a neder. And the only way to fulfill that vow is, of course, by offering this korban. So the man then is going to um, break down this verse from Devarim Gimel, and it says as follows. It says in Vayikra, right? Meaning, so now we've got two verses. One is the Devarim verse that says, if you vow a vow. And in Vayikra, in Leviticus, it says, if you have a, a vow or a gift offering. Malhalan nidava imo, Afkan nidava imo. So the has a fairly straightforward um, solution here. It says, well, the same way that you have the two, both the neder and the nidava, in the context of one verse in Vayikra. So when it mentions neder here, what it really means is together with its accompanying friend of nidava, meaning the once you've got the one, you've got the other, which might not be pshat, it might not be the plain sense of the biblical text, but it does fairly make sense if you're talking about this kind of korbanot, these kinds of korbanot, and how they are kind of in the same category, meaning not the same subcategory of what they both are, but they both have this voluntary element to them, kind of. So the verse continues, L'ashem ha'okecha, elu ha'damin, ha'archin, ha'chramin, ha'akdashot, ha'akdashot, meaning the verse says that this is to Hashem your God, meaning all of these sanctifications that are going towards the the temple upkeep, right? So then they do assessments and they do evaluations and they do dedications and they do consecrations. That's what all of these words come to mean. And here we go back to, to your part where we say that you're not going to you're not going to delay. You don't get to have a an extension. Really, to, there's no delay in paying it. Meaning, you've got a prohibition of lota acher, balta acher. If you don't pay your 
if you don't provide your dedication in a timely way. So then the verse also continues to say that God will require it from you, or he will really require it. It's the same verb twice, so it seems to have like an emphasis on that uh, exactment from you, from God, right? And that's going to be the sin offerings and the guilt offerings and the burnt offerings and the peace offerings. So when the verse says, for Hashem your God, that seems to be extra, meaning obviously it's for Hashem your God. We're talking about dedications and consecrations and sanctifications. Who else is it for, right? So why would the verse include that? To teach, it seems to be that it's coming to teach other aspects, which are vows to tzedakot, of charity or tithing or the firstborn offerings. Mimach, and the verse is from you, Mimach. These are the offerings, they're offerings to the poor people, right? Meaning they're when you go to handle your field and you glean it, but you leave anything that drops or you leave the corners and that business, all of that is um, a fulfillment of those mitzvot, of, of different kinds of charity in the way that you're providing your field, you're providing any you're using your field to to give some charity, but it's a requirement, right? So that's all of that is hinted at in the word mi'imach, that it comes from you, that you're then going to share it with others. And it will be for you or in you a sin, right? Which means that the sin of baltacher, meaning that you, if you would delay giving any of these things, um, you might end up with a problem. But you don't get to, There'd be no sin, there'd be no hate in your offering, meaning your carbon is not disqualified. You've simply transgressed the phenomenon or the requirement of not to delay. Um, so the Gemara comes back to clarify this. Right? You should not delay in paying it. We're not talking about taking a swapping it out for something else, right? You're supposed to pay the real thing that you're supposed to pay. But what if you have a substitute? So if you have a substitute for your olot, for your burnt offering, or for your shlamim, the peace offering, then you can offer that that substitute and it will count. Meaning you then can jump your jump in in time, you know, you can get in there in time to make sure that you don't violate this prohibition against delaying. I'm struck by, again, that, you know, the Ola or the Shlomim can have a substitute, but with the Korban Pesach, it's a little bit more complicated. Um, and so on the one hand, I think this Bryce wanted to have a very expansive view of Baal Tacher, and it makes sense. It's sort of anything consecrated falls under that category, but yet now we're sort of starting to see, as always happens in typical Gemara fashion, sort of how some of the details are different for each and every category. Well, right. And the chatat that I didn't read is also much, much more complicated. That's why I didn't read it. It was much more complicated. Yep, right. So I think that's sort of what's happening here on this staff. Well, that's our tap discussion for the day. Rank is for use on all major podcasts. Thank you to Reverend Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Let us know what you thought about the staff on our Talking Talmud Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn.